Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Uh, what's up, wrestling fans? We are back. It's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast coming at you with episode number 79. My name is Brandon Olinger, and my normal partner in crime, Ben, is not with us tonight as he wraps up a little ski vacation out in Big Sky, Montana. Nevertheless, fear not, as I got one of my favorite wrestling peeps in the business, editor of the wrestling website, The Open Mat, Earl Smith, stepping in to pinch it tonight, as Earl and I are going to give a little recap of our time spent down in Marietta, Georgia, at the Women's College Wrestling Association National Championships, one of my absolute favorite wrestling tournaments of the year to go cover. Earl, my man, how you doing? I'm doing great. Long time, no talk. Yeah, uh, right? It's 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 probably maybe well, less than 24 hours, I guess, but now just getting back, and uh, you said that's one of your favorite tournaments, and now it's one of mine. It's uh, one of these that's going to be circled with a permanent marker on the calendar going forward. I'm telling you, you know, I told you this tournament is a blast, and you would not be disappointed when it was all said and done. Was I right, or was I right? You, you were absolutely right. All right, man, before we get into the action, uh, let me take care of some of the usual podcast business first. As I said, this is the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode number 79. You can follow us on Twitter at the Inside Trip one You can follow me directly at Brando413, so feel free to give us a follow if you'd like. We even got an Instagram that I've been playing around with lately, the Inside Trip, so go out there, find that. Feel free to give it a follow as well. I got to warn you, though, I'm still trying to figure all the Instagram stuff out. Thankfully, Taylor Miller of USA Wrestling was kind enough to educate me this weekend a bit about it. If you're an email person, feel free to send us an email to theinsidetrip1 at gmail.com. So don't be shy. Hit us up with some feedback if you'd like, positive or negative. We love it all. We're always looking to know what we can do better or even just to banter about wrestling. As for the podcast itself, you can pretty much find us on all your favorite podcast catchers, most notably Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, all that good stuff. So get out your mobile phones, find the podcast, subscribe to it, download, give it a listen, and if you're feeling a little froggy, maybe even give us a rate and a review. One last item to cover before we get in deep into this women's wrestling tournament. The 2019 NCAA Division I National Championships are fast approaching, which means it's time for all of you diehard wrestling stat nerds to order the number one fan guide in the business put out by none other than Jason Bryant. It's usually $19.99, however, you can use promo code Inside Trip, all one word, to receive a $5 discount, or you can go directly to the wrestling to the website wrestlingpreviewguide.com forward slash inside trip, and the discount will already be applied. So head on over to JB's website and pre-order your 2019 edition now. It's a must-have for all Division I wrestling fans. All right, Earl, you ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I don't know about you. You know, I got I to gotta be honest. 
Last year was my first year heading down to um, cover the Women's College Wrestling Association National Championships live. It was in Oklahoma City last year. I really didn't know what to expect last year, um, and I came away just completely floored and almost in shock by what a great time I had, what a great tournament it was, um, and, and not to mention the great wrestling that I got to see up close in person. So I was a little nervous going into this year. I was thinking, can last year be topped? You know, last year we had the crazy team race that came down between Campbellsville and Simon Frazier. It literally came down to the last two matches. Um, you know, you had Kayla Miracle, who captured her fourth national championship, becoming only uh, the fourth you know female to ever do so in the WCWA. So I was like, how can we top this year? And if I'm being honest with you, man, I walked away this year thinking, wow, this was just as amazing as last year's. I thought it was a great tournament, some great wrestling. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, and I agree. Um, I liked that it was an off-campus venue. Um, we talked to the life coaches who were the tournament directors, and you know they wanted to give the participants the feel of a professional event, a big-time event, and you know getting it off of a college campus onto just, you know, a outside venue. I think that's, it was a great start. Um, the wrestling itself, you know, this is my, was my first time there. However, I watched it in past years. I've followed the brackets and, you know, we said there's going to be some really good quarterfinal matches where in years past, some of the, you know, t the favorites, they may cruise the whole way where, you know, this time around, there were some great matches in the quarters, the semis, you know, not just the finals. And then, you know, I wasn't around to experience the team race last year, but the team race this year was just as good. And I have a feeling if they wrestle that tournament 10 times, you may come out with any of those three top teams winning it. And, you know, maybe even once, King could you know have a great tournament win or a manual, but you know it, it was really parody, really uh, just any of these teams could have taken it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more with you. You know, you mentioned uh, it, it being hosted by Life University. You know, located down in Marietta, Georgia. Um, the tournament itself was held at the Cobb County Civic Center. Um, you know, really all in all, I thought it was a really good venue. Um, you can always find, people can always find negative things to nitpick at. And uh, there really was not that many things that you could really nitpick at at this venue. I think there was a couple of hiccups in the beginning, um, which they were able to get sorted out in a reasonable time frame. It really didn't impact the tournament at all. Um, and I thought it was just such a well-ran tournament. Again, I really got to give props to Life University for hosting such a great event this year. And uh, Earl, I don't know about you, but we we would be remiss if we did not give special thanks to Life University assistant coach Christian Flavin on all the hospitality that he that he provided for for us. I mean, he made sure that you, Taylor Miller, um, Flow Wrestling's Nomad, and myself had everything that we needed at all times. I don't think we could have asked for a better experience get, you know, covering an event. No, I think for the most part, when you cover events, it's just kind of like, you got your table over there, go do your stuff and stay out of our hair. You know, he's coming by to check, are you guys good? Do you need anything? And then at the same time, he wasn't just 
you know, saying that for show, you know, he went and got us a table right next to the mat for the finals, you know, showed us where the secret hospitality room was. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> on top of that, you know, um, when we talked to uh, Christian uh, and actually afterwards, you know, one of the things that you and I both noticed was the refereeing was really high level. You know, there, there weren't any of these terrible call. I'm sure maybe the coaches themselves, they may have their individual gripes, but, you know, casual, uh, impartial observers like us, we didn't see these terrible calls and, uh, you know, terrible delays. And Christian said that they made sure that they got in top-notch officials because this is a world team qualifier and you had Sam Julian, you know, one of the best referees in the world. And I, I don't recognize or I don't know the rest of the officials by name, but I've seen them around at the big tournaments, and they are high quality. Oh, I, yeah, you're absolutely right. I thought the officiating was top notch. You, you could just really tell that you know they really wanted to make this tournament run well. They really wanted to make it special for all the women who were competing in it. Um, like you said, this was a World Team Trials qualifying event, um, and, and and they treated it as such. Now, you know, and but at the same time, they also tried to you know throw some fun in there as well. Um, one of the things I don't know if people were tuning in on Flow Wrestling, watching any of the coverage, but you might have seen you know instead of challenge bricks they had challenge stuffed dinosaurs i thought that was kind of neat kind of i don't know just funny um and i had the chance to ask some of the some of the women who competed in this tournament what they thought about it and they just all thought it was really cool so you know it was a great combination of a well-ran tournament professionalism um great wrestling uh, with a little bit of you know laid back casual fun mixed in as well so a really good experience for me and i I, i'm pumped that you got to go to it this year Um, i'm pumped that you enjoyed it and again and I said this last year after this tournament when I came back and Ben and I did a podcast and I was talking about it. It's if you have the ability to go to this tournament, just go. I don't, you know, even if it's just, you know, you got to drive a couple hours, just go because it's such a cool experience. And these women are putting it on the line just as hard as the guys do in division one, two, and three. And they, there's some great wrestling and it. It's just, it's really a spectacle that, you can't appreciate until you see it in person. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And just the atmosphere, it was, it was a fun atmosphere. You know, I've been on the floor for NCAA D ones and it's very tense, very, you know, um, like life or death. And at the same time, these women were laying it on the line. You said, you know, fighting as hard as any of the guys do at any other level. But at the same time, you didn't have, the losers running out, throwing their head. Well, they weren't wearing headgears, but you know they, <laughs> they weren't throwing temper tantrums. And uh, you know, at the same time, they had fun, but they weren't doing you know Fortnite celebrations and you know telling the crowd to shut up and stuff like that. Um, it, it was just all around fun and you know good competition as well. Right. You know, it's funny you said that because that's something that I was thinking about myself and. Um, I'm probably jumping ahead of myself a little bit, but I don't think there was no other uh, situation that that described that more than when I was sitting mat side recording some video clips of a match between Coral Sugiyama from Campbellsville, who is 
one of my favorite college wrestlers, you know, women college wrestlers to, to watch and follow. Um, she, she was a senior this year. She ended up capping her career off as a four-time All-American. But she's wrestling Macy Higa from um, uh, Eastern Oregon University, I believe. And yep. Coral goes to hit this headlock. And Higa goes to rethrow her. But instead of just rethrowing her, she steps through with her hips and she absolutely launches Sugiyama on the edge of the mat for five. It was one of the biggest throws I saw all weekend, and it was a legit five pointer. You know, and you know, Cora was able to 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 fight off her back, avoid the pin as time ran out in the first period. And I'm sitting there next to the Campbellsville coaches. I think it might have been Nicole Woody, if I'm not mistaken. I hope I got that name right. Um, but uh, anyway, Tyson now, I think. Oh, is it Tyson? Yeah, okay. I think she did get married. Um, but anyway, you know, Coral walks over with this big grin on her face, and she was just like, wow, that was nice. You know, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> yeah. she knew it, you know, and I just thought that was so cool. So, But it just goes to uh, to further describe, like, the type of environment that's there. I think these girls, when they're on the mat, um, you know, they're, they're, they're battling, they're fighting hard, but after the match, you know, it's like, it's it, regardless of what the outcome was, it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world for them. And they go out there and they do it all again, the next match. And, and it's just, it's, it's really cool to see. Yeah, I totally agree. And that, that was kind of the match that made me, you know, come up with that point. Yeah. And if you have not seen that throw, um, I've got a video clip of it on our Twitter page, the inside at the, you know, the inside trip one, um, go out there, look at it. It's an amazing throw. I think, uh, flow wrestling caught some video of it as well. So I, I think they posted as well, but you know, it's awesome. Or you could just, uh, go to flow arena and find that match in the, uh, the archives and, and watch it because that throw was phenomenal. All right. So, um, this year, you know, for the second year in a row, the WCWA crowned a first-time team champion, which I think is is amazing. So last year, Campbellsville ended up winning the team title. It was the first time in their program's history. They became just the sixth school to win a team title in the WCWA. This year, one of the, you know, what I'll call OG schools in women's wrestling, Menlo College out in California, the Bay Area of California, they capture their first team title um, in, in the program's history. And I think they've been around in this tournament since it originated back in 2004. Uh, Menlo edged out perennial power Simon Frazier, 199.5 to 195. Um, so big props and congrats to Joey Barang, head coach of Menlo, and the, and the Menlo ladies. They looked really good this weekend. Um, they, they did it with, you know, it was a combined team effort as well as, uh, uh they also had some top end firepower. Uh, so uh, amazing performance by them. I believe Menlo actually had nine all Americans, including three champions. It was a great performance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I have to give you props because at the beginning of the year, when you're doing your preview for the open mat, um, I don't know the exact wording, but you said something like, you know, they're a sneaky good team that's, you know, going to challenge or something like that. Um, and believe me, when I read it at the time, I was thinking, eh, I don't know about that. But, uh, you know, those, those two freshmen, you know, they, that was huge keeping them in state. And, uh, you know, that was a lot of fun just going back and forth all through the semis and the consolation. Every time we clicked on the team score, uh, you know, one of these, one of the teams that 
hopped over the other for first place. And, uh, you know, props to Menlo for coming out on top and getting that first title. Yeah, you know, so, you know, you brought up that, that, that preseason preview I did for the open mat, and it was really weird. Um, I was doing the research on the teams, and you're always going to have the usual suspects. Simon Frazier, McKendry's been up there. King has been a dominant power in the WCWA. Campbellsville's been a rising team that's that's been doing really well the last few years. Um, well, actually, they've been doing well since their inception, and they just happened to capture the title last year. Uh, you know, and then you've got the what I'll call the you know some of the OG programs again. Oklahoma City um, is one of them. And also even teams like Whalen Baptist, who are, they're just always in the mix. But when I was looking at the, you know, what people had coming back, I looked at Menlo and it's like, hmm, they're returning three or four All-Americans. I think their highest placer may have been third or fourth from last year. And I'm pretty sure that was actually uh, Yvonne Evian. I hope I got that name right. And I don't even think she competed in this tournament this year. Um, I don't know if she was injured or what, but she didn't, she didn't even compete, but they had six other wrestlers that won at least three matches last year at this tournament, including an athlete that won four matches, but was still missed out on the podium. And I got to thinking if a couple of those girls turn those three or four, you know, wins into, Hey, pushing through for another win or two. Now these girls are all Americans and scoring some points on top of that. They brought in two of probably the biggest recruits to come into women's college wrestling in a long time, if not ever, uh, being, you know, in Aleda Martinez, who was the 109-pound champion, and Gracie Figueroa, the 116-pound champion. I think between those two girls, they both went to the same high school in California. They were both four-time undefeated California State High School champs. Between the two of them, they've got, you know, three or four uh, age group world level medals um, or yeah, age group level world medals. Uh, they've, they've won everything that you could possibly think of. So you take those two girls combined with the few all Americans they had coming back, plus six other wrestlers who, Hey, were really on the verge last year. To me, that's a recipe for something that could be really successful. And that's exactly what they did this year. Yeah, and again, the credit has to go to the coaching staff for you know developing those wrestlers that were on the cusp last year um, that showed maybe they could be all Americans and getting them to push through. Oh, without a doubt, you know, and just just so people understand, because I know you know, listen, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast, <clears throat> they probably don't follow women's wrestling that close. Um, and that's okay, you know. Hopefully, they can find some some value and some some you know informative uh, stuff from this podcast episode. But you know, between these two freshmen at Menlo, Aleda Martinez, Gracie Figueroa, let me just rattle off some stats for you. You know, Aleda was a three-time age-level world team member. She's a two-time cadet world medalist. She's brought home a silver and a bronze. She was a four-time Fargo champ. I already said she was a four-time undefeated California state champ. You know, just to put things in perspective, not only did she dominate her way in this tournament, you know, her path to the finals was pin-pin, 13-2 tech fall, 10-0 tech fall. Earlier in the season, she defeated last year's runner-up, Maria Vidalis, 10 to nothing, you know, so she, she dominated all season long. And then you take Gracie Figueroa. I mean, I think this girl's won everything that, that could be won. She's a, you know, four time undefeated California state champ, 
five-time Fargo champ, four-time age-level world team member. She took, she took a bronze medal in the 2000 Cadet World Championships, um, you know, and she dominated herself, her, I mean, to the finals. You're talking pen, pen. 11 to nothing tech 11 to nothing 11 to 1 tech fall amazing performances by by two young women um both freshmen but wrestled with so much poise um and so much skill it, it was really impressive to see yeah absolutely and you know i i agree that i thought they were you know two of the best recruits in some time to come into uh, women's college wrestling and you know you still don't know you still don't know how that's going to translate um, if they're going to jump in and have some bumps along the way. But, you know, they, they both just were dominant throughout the year, and then that carried over to the tournament as well. So, you know, we, we've talked about Menlo a bit, and congrats to them again. Um, Simon Frazier, for the second year in the row, runner-up, um, you know, they missed out on first place this year by four and a half points. I think last year Campbellsville only topped him by about four points as well. Um, and going into this tournament in the final WCWA rankings, you know, Simon Frazier was actually, I think, ranked fourth. Um, and here they go, you know, they finish ahead of uh, McKendry, who was ranked ahead of them, ahead of Wayland Baptist, who was ranked ahead of them. And they barely miss out on bringing home what I think would be their, their second team title had they have won it in the program's history. Simon Fraser, located in Canada, British Columbia, Canada, is is such a well-coached and fundamentally sound team. And you don't really appreciate it until you see them wrestle up close and in person. They don't make many mistakes. They don't beat themselves. They wrestle very solid. They're very, they have very good technique, and here they are. They come out this weekend. They get nine All-Americans, including an individual champ at 123 pounds, repeat champ, Dominique Parrish. They are such a joy to watch. I don't know if you had a chance to really pay a lot of attention to them, Earl, but I really enjoy watching their style of wrestling. Yeah, I, I was thinking when you were talking about this the other day that it really sounded like the description for uh, Iceman and Top Gun Um never makes mistakes. Uh, we treat us do something stupid and get you. Um, but yeah, um, they actually have, I've put together a bunch of like stats and facts and little trends and stuff from the tournament. I'm going to put out on the open net tomorrow. And they actually have the longest current active streak with a national champion, um, with Dom Parrish winning this year. They've had one for, every year going back to 2016 and uh, no other school can say that. Um, but yeah, they, they were a joy to watch and uh, they did put two in the finals at 123 as well. You said 2016. Did you mean 2006? No, 2016. Cause they did not have one in 2015. Oh, okay. Okay. I gotcha. All right. So uh, let's see here. This one was a bit of a surprise to me. You know, McKendry finished in third place, and I thought going into this tournament that they probably had the deepest lineup. 
um, the deepest team. I think they went into this tournament with about 15 wrestlers ranked in the top 10 or 12 of their weight class. Um, and for those people that don't really follow women's wrestling, again, it's a different format at the national championships. Um, teams can enter up to 15 wrestlers. Um, however, only 12 can score points for you, and you have to declare your point scores before the tournament starts. Um, but again, uh, Sam Schmitz, uh, head coach McKendry, Props to him for having his team, you know, they, they competed well. They, uh, you know, I think some things just didn't go their way in certain time, situations, but they still walked away with 10 All-Americans and two national champs. Those just happened to be the first two national champs in McKendry's program, in the McKendry program uh, history, um, the, being in uh, Alex Glade and uh, uh, Destiny Garrick. Uh, Glade was the 155-pound national champion, and then Garrick came out on top in the 191 pounds. So hats off to them. A great performance by their team. Um, you got to kind of feel for Coach Schmitz. It, it seems like his team is always coming up in third place or right around there, and they're on that verge. You can tell that's a program that's on that verge, much like Campbellsville was last year, that's really close to just pushing through and, and bringing home that program's first title. Yeah, and, and again, they haven't been around that long, and he has amassed just a great deal of depth. You mentioned 155. They had three All-Americans. Um, I know at 116, I believe they had uh, semifinalists meeting each other. Um, so they, they they are the only school with 10 All-Americans. So, you know, th things are looking up for them. Um I wouldn't be surprised if next year, you know, the following year, they're able to break through and get that team title. Yeah, uh, they're doing good things out there. So hats off to uh, Sam Schmitz and, and his coaching staff. Um, so those are your top three teams. In fourth place, you had um, Emmanuel College, uh, another Georgia-based program. They came in fourth place with seven All-Americans, including a national champ at 130 pounds. Um, Abby Nettie, who is also, I believe, the tournament's outstanding wrestler. Um, and then in fifth place, I think this is important. To, to kind of talk about a bit is King University. So King from 2014 through 2017 was the most dominant program in women's college wrestling. They were, you know, four time consecutive team national team champions from that time. Um, and then they took a bit of, you know, they, they lost a lot through attrition or graduation. And, and if you think about some of the, the women that have come through this program, I mean, it's kind of like a who's who of our, of our women's national team right now. Um, Julia Salata, Sarah Hildebrandt, um, Allie Reagan, just to name a few right there. I'm sure you can, you, you got probably got a couple of more you could probably name. Yeah, we had Haley Aguilo, Um and I think I think all of them were on that 2014 team we were going through the other day. Yeah, I mean, so a lot of, uh, as I said, who's who in women's wrestling um, came from King University. You know, last year was a big drop-off year for them, but this year they kind of rebounded. And maybe that sounds weird to say they rebounded, even though they still finished in fifth place, but King had eight All-American, eight All-Americans in this tournament this year. Five of those All-Americans were freshmen. They've definitely got some young talent in that room, and they're going to be another team. They're, they're going to be a team, again, battling for that top spot next year. I just know it with, with what we saw out of their freshmen. You know, uh, Ashley Ortega, Shai Sissenstein, um, just to name a couple of them right there. 
Yeah, and, and then you also have a uh, returning national finalist now, Nicole Joseph. She's one that, you know, if, if you could have wrestled that uh, final match over again, she might take that. Um, that was a close match after the first period. Maybe we'll talk about it more later. But um, her, in addition to you know any new, new freshmen they have coming in since they had such a good class this year, I'm sure – there's more on the way. So yeah, they're, they're going to be up there contending for a title these next few years as well. All right. So one of the, uh, one of the really neat things about this tournament and about women's college wrestling in general is the fact that new programs are being added every year. And I think it's always amazing when we get to see new programs, um, or even even if not new programs, young programs earn their first All-Americans. And we actually had, I think, I hope we have the stats right, but I think there was four four programs this year that got their first All-American recipient wrestler. And I think that was such a big, you know, such a big thing for them. And it, we, we, we definitely got to shout them out right now. So um, the first one I want to mention is Big Bend Community College out of Washington. Uh, head coach Ryan Foster, congrats to you. Uh, you got your first All-American in programs history. Uh, Maria Reyes took a seventh place. I thought that was big for them. Um, the next one that we definitely have to mention is Colorado Mesa University, um, obviously in Colorado. Uh, head coach Travis Mercado, congrats to you, my man. Uh, got you an All-American this year with Sierra Brown-Ton. Uh, she got an eighth place finish. And Travis, you, you know... I'm really interested to see what Colorado Mesa University does with Travis Mercado as the head coach. He was an assistant for, you know, for, for, for quite some time at King University, so he understands what goes into building a winning program. He's been a part of a winning program. Um, I'm really curious to see what he does out there. What, what did you think of, of his team's performance this weekend? Yeah, I, I thought that uh, very encouraging. Um, Sierra Brownton, I got to watch a couple of her matches. Um, you know, she was very physical, very strong for 123. Um, we also had uh, a, kind of a familiar name for D1 fans. Uh, Bo Pfeiffer's sister is it? Uh, Carson. Is it uh, Carson? Yes. Yeah, Carson Pfeiffer. Uh, yeah, she. Uh, you know, she looks like she could be an interesting prospect and, you know, just for the future, if they're getting some of that talent that they have, you know, from California, um, you know, I think Colorado's coming up as well as far as, uh, you know, girls talent at the high school level. So, you know, that's definitely a program to watch going forward. You know, it's funny you, you brought up Carson Pfeiffer. Um, again, I, I hope we have the facts straight here, but basically what what we were kind of told was that Carson Pfeiffer, sister of Bo Pfeiffer, who backs up uh, Jason Nolf at Penn State, um, wasn't really a wrestler growing up. Uh, she was an athlete, that's for sure, but I, I think more along the lines of volleyball, softball, basketball, things like that. And she'd never really wrestled, and here she is out there in this tournament with two massive, massive knee braces that basically were like ankle to thigh was what it seemed like braces on her legs and she still goes out and as uh, you know a first year college wrestler she you know she did pretty well I think I think her future is bright um, I'm looking forward to see what she can continue to do um, assuming she continues to, to work hard and continuing to prove um, but I thought that was pretty interesting about her 
Yeah, for sure. It was it was kind of like a Jason Nolfe brace from last year. <laughs> right, except they were there was two of them. How many matches? Yeah. Let me let me look at something here. I can't bring it up there. Um, so, okay, um, okay, we got two other schools: um, Lakeland University out of Wisconsin. It's a first-year program. Head coach Ben Chapman. Um, congrats to you, my man. Uh, let's see. Not only were you named the first head coach in the program's history, um, you also landed one of the biggest recruits in women's college wrestling, and Jaden Laurent, who became your program's first All-American. Oh, and by the way, she just happened to also become the program's first national champion as well, as she uh, really, really looked good uh, bringing home the crown at 143 pounds. Yeah, you may as well just get all those firsts out out of the way the first year. Um, you don't have to worry about any of that other stuff. But, yeah, and and I have to take my hat off to her because I, th- I think you and I were Matt's side for her opening match. And, you know, the first period, she did not look that crisp. Um, she may have been trailing. Uh, she went on, I think, to win by tech fall in that match. But I think we kind of looked at each other and were like, I don't know. I don't know if she's going to be the one who takes it here. But, uh, you know, she certainly turned it on after that. And uh, she has a bright future. You know, I think we were talking about, you know, she, she's obviously a talented wrestler, but she also has uh, an athleticism that, you know, in the past, she may not have uh, been destined for college wrestling. She may have been on the volleyball court or on the basketball court. Oh, it, no doubt. And I, I said this multiple times this weekend. And it's if you watch her wrestle, Jaden Laurent, she was probably the most athletically gifted wrestler in this tournament um, and you're absolutely right she has a frame and a body type that you would typically see on a volleyball court or a basketball court but she moves so well and her footwork is very impressive she's quick she's powerful she's explosive and it, when you when you watch her wrestle and let's get you know if we get past that first round match where you know i'm going to chalk that one up to maybe some some jitters maybe hey you're a freshman you're the number 1 seed you're wrestling in your first you know college wrestling national championships so sometimes you know we even see this in you know in the men's tournaments as well sometimes you go out there a little uh putting a little too much pressure on yourself you know what i mean um if we get past that match she looked really good the rest of the tournament and i'm not sure you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who looked better in the finals than this young, you know, young lady did. She's really, really damn good. Yeah. And we, we've been talking throughout the season and then we were talking at the tournament, you know, all of these good older wrestlers seem to go from 143 to 136. And we were kind of wondering why they all did that. And I think that may have been a reason why. You know, I think it's a that's a great a great thing that you brought up there because you're absolutely right. You know, all year long I'm I'm following the season and I'm looking at this thing and all of a sudden I see all these women who who competed at at 143 last year and, and did well. I mean, we're talking 
Alexis Porter from McKendry, who was the runner-up at 143 last year, to Mallory Velt from Simon Fraser. Oh, Alexis Porter is also a junior world bronze medalist. Uh, Kayla Morano, I think, uh, was a third-place finisher at 143 last year. Um, she just happens to be the daughter of Christy Davis Morano, one of the greatest uh, female wrestlers in the history of our country. And, you know, and, and she's very good in her own right. She drops down to 136, um, along with some other. Um, some other women as well, and it's like, why are they, why are they all dropping down? I don't, I don't get it. What's going on? And, and then when you see this, this young woman and Jaden Laurent wrestle in person, you're like, ah, I got it now. Now I get it. Um, she's, yep. Yeah, she's good. Um, all right. So lastly, in our you know first time All Americans in programs history, uh, Bruton, Bruton Parker College in Georgia, uh, head coach, and I'm gonna say this wrong. So if I do, I apologize. But Arellis Valius. I hope I said that right. Um, anyway, I think she's actually a first-year coach for the program. Um, she was a two-time All-American from Cumberland's in her own right. Um, but they had their, she had her first All-American this weekend in Abnellis Yambo, who, again, extremely, extremely impressive. This girl was, I mean, I, I would not want to step on the mat with her, I can tell you that much. Yeah, I, I saw her at Fargo this year, and she beat uh, Alex Lyles, who... I think had five Fargo stop signs to her credit before, uh, before that. And, uh, you know, she kind of dominated her there and that really put her on the radar for me. And she had uh, quite a few exciting matches, uh, throughout the tournament. Uh, she was just uh, a real lot of fun to watch, you know, still a little bit raw, which is, you know, kind of scary where, you know, she, she gets a little more experience than, uh, you know, she's definitely going to improve on the eighth place finish from this year. You know, one of the things, the themes that, you know, you, myself, Taylor Miller from USA Wrestling, Nomad from Flow, we talked about all weekend was there is such a youth rising in women's college wrestling right now. And to really, to put that into perspective, you know, coming into the season, there were only four past champions returning i think we had um two champions i'm sorry three champions from 2018 that returned that was Paige baines at 191 pounds from waylon baptist Brittany marshall also from waylon baptist at 170 pounds um and then dominic parish from simon fraser uh who uh won it last year at 123 pounds she also repeated this year um and then we had 2017 champ Andrew Beth Rivera from Campbellsville University, who came back after sitting out a year last year. There was only four champs that returned. Um, of those four, only one repeated. But when you look at this year, eight out of ten champs from this year will return next year. The only ones that are not going to return is Dominique Parrish from Simon Fraser at 123 pounds and Destiny Garrick, who... Uh, was the 191-pound champ out of McKendry. So that just goes to show you that there is a huge youth movement going on, and that bodes really well for the future of our women's senior national teams. Yeah, and I'm going to give you some stats right here. Um, For the freshmen, there were 28 that were All-Americans this year, and we're going to compare that to 23 sophomores, 11 juniors, and 18 seniors. Um, last year, there were 23 freshman All-Americans. Uh, 2017, only 13. 2016, 20. 
2015, 22, and 2013. I'm sorry, 2014, 23. And I'm trying to go back and get my records updated. 2014 is about as far as I go back right now. But, you know, that that's a significant difference between any of those years. Yeah, it's crazy. I think when um, we were looking at things going into this tournament, there were 36 freshmen in the final rankings released prior to this tournament ranked in the top 10 of their weight class going into this tournament. When you compare that to last year, I think last year there was only 20. Last year there was not a single freshman that was ranked number one in their weight class going into this tournament. This year there were three freshmen ranked number one going into this tournament. Oh, by the way, all three became national champs. Uh, we've already talked about them a little bit. Jaden Laurent, Aleda Martinez, and Gracie Figueroa. So um, definitely there is definitely i mean the only way i can describe it is just like a youth movement like you know the youth rising or something it's exciting i think it's really exciting for for future seasons i'm really excited to see these women continue to progress as they continue to wrestle for their programs and continue to get better and as fans of you know our men and women's senior freestyle national teams it's it's only a positive thing in my opinion yeah absolutely and uh, a couple more you know, stats freshman relating on to throw out there. You know, it's not just limited to Menlo, to King, some of these teams we talked about already. Both Emmanuel and Simon Fraser had three freshman All Americans. Jamestown, who, you know, we don't mention a lot, McKendry and Menlo both had two. I love when you lay stats on me, Earl. I really do. <laughs> That's what I like about you, the stat man. And uh, uh, I got one more for you, actually. I just I forgot about this. Lay it on um, Again, uh, 2014's kind of where my records end at this point in time, but the finals at 116 had two freshmen with uh, Gracie Figueroa and Felicity Taylor, and two freshmen have not met in the finals during that period of time between 2014 and 2018. It, it, again, it just goes to reinforce what we were talking about all weekend. The, the, these young, uh, these young women, the, the freshmen, the sophomores. I mean, they they are very tough. The the level of wrestling every year entering women's college wrestling just continues to get better and better and better. And it, it just it really bodes well for the future of women's wrestling. I got a couple of stats for you, Earl, before we okay uh, before we start breaking down. Um, some of these finals matches in, in these weight classes. So this year's tournament, there were 36 teams represented. Uh, 23 teams actually came away with an All-American. I think that's an astounding number uh, when, when you know, was approximately you know, 60%, 70% of the teams um, that competed have an All-American. One thing that I found interesting, uh, and I didn't know this until Julia Salata, assistant coach at, at King University, told me after the tournament, this was the first year in the history of King's program that they did not have a national champ. That's, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> Extremely impressive. Um, I have a feeling, just a little gut feeling that says with the young people they have on that team right now. Um, and also the way they recruit and the way they develop that we'll probably see that streak start over again, uh, next year. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead. Let's talk about some of these uh, some of these finals. Um, starting out, 101 pounds. Uh, ultimately, uh, Asia Ray from Wayland Baptist was the champion in this weight class. She met up with Angelina Gomez from Emmanuel. Um, Asia Ray being a sophomore, Gomez being a uh, a freshman. One of the most sought out uh, sought after recruits coming into the season this year. 
Um, a very surprising finals, in my opinion, when you consider that prior to that finals match, Asia Ray had only spent a total of one minute and 59 seconds on the mat in three matches combined going into the finals. Um, she comes out on top. She defeats Gomez four to two. I wasn't expecting that. I thought Asia Ray was going to dominate that match and in that match really early. It actually goes to the distance. Um, so hats off one props to Asia Ray for becoming a national champion this year after taking third last year. And, and hats off to Angelina Gomez for just battling her ass off in that match and keeping it close. Yeah, definitely. And and what I like to see out of Ray was, you know, it's one thing to be able to go out and dominate people and, you know, get those 15 second tech balls or pins. But, uh, you know, she, she had to grind that one out. You know, it was, it was not handed to her. She didn't face an opponent that, you know, just, let her roll over, you know, roll over her dominator, you know, Gomez went after her. Um, and then to Gomez's credit, you know, she fought off some leg attacks, uh, multiple times where Ray was in on her and could not convert. Um, so yeah, that, that didn't necessarily play, play out like, uh, we thought it would, but, uh, I got one note from that match. Uh, Gomez, she won two California state titles, but is originally from Texas. So these two go back to the Texas State 6A semifinals 2016 at 95 pounds. They met each other in Gomez Pinder and went on to win the championship there. So, 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 um, so wait a minute, Gomez beat her when they were in high school? Yes, Gomez pinned her, and uh, during the post-match interview, I asked Ray if they had any history together since they're both from Texas, and she was able to remember right off her head very quickly that uh, she had beaten her in the state semis uh, back in 2016. That's fantastic. Um, I, I guess along those same lines, also to note is that these two actually met earlier in the season at the NWCA National Duels, and um, Ray actually, I mean, she dominated Gomez in that match. She won 10 to nothing, tech fall. Um, so Gomez really, really, you know, closed the gap and gave, you know, Ray a, a hell of a match by, you know, by all means. Um, it was a fun match to watch. Uh, for those that don't know, you know, Asia last year as a freshman uh, lost a, a match in the semifinals at this tournament. It was a what many considered a controversial match um, against Regina Doy from from King University. Um, she ultimately lost that, came back to take third this year. She, she gets it all done. She, and she, and she walks away with that, that title. And you know what? She's still got two years left to compete. So, uh, probably expecting big things out of her as well. I wouldn't normally do this, but I do believe that all these women need, uh, to, to have some recognition. Um, so the rest of your placers at this weight class, uh, Nina Pham from Wayland Baptist was third. Iba Salem, uh, from Menlo was fourth. Ivy Navarro from Southwest Oregon Community College was fifth. Junette Caldera from University of Jamestown uh, in North, North Dakota, I believe, uh, was sixth. Uh, Alexia Seal from Simon Fraser was seventh. And uh, f coming finishing in eighth was Jacqueline McNichols from King University. So hats off to all of them. And uh, if I can if I can jump in uh, one match, if you're looking for matches to watch at that weight class, the semifinal between Gomez and Caldera, um, it was uh, an equal pick for four in the closing seconds of the match that won it for Gomez. And that, that was kind of, a, if I remember correctly, a back and forth uh, affair. It was pretty fun. So 
if, if you missed that and you're looking for matches to watch, go look at that one. Nice. Um, all right, let's get to 109 pounds. Uh, listen, we've already talked about her a, a lot. Aleda Martinez, the, the freshman sensation from Menlo uh, College in California, was the ultimate champ, um, ultimately the champ at this weight class. Um, she actually won um, uh, over Michaela Campbell from from Campbellsville, and I'm just going to go ahead and shout out my you know my my fellow Ohio native Campbell from Wasing, Ohio. Um, it, it, she's such a great competitor. I think she was just a. Uh, I hate to say this, but just a, probably a little bit outclassed by Martinez at this point. Um, Michaela Campbell herself is definitely no slouch. She's a three-time age group world team member, um, but she ultimately fell to Martinez in the finals. I think Martinez was up 11 to nothing um, when she was able to secure the pin there um, over Campbell, which went a, a, a long way in Menlo securing this team title. Menlo needed, Menlo had four finalists going into the finals. They needed three champs to secure the title. Um, and it definitely helped with the bonus points that they got here from Martinez. But um, both of these girls just were, were had top-notch tournaments the entire tournament. Yeah, and, and uh, you know Campbell's one that um, I think it was in the quarterfinal. She was she had her hands full with Vanessa Ramirez from uh, McKendry. Oh, you still in my who, thunder? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's. Uh, you know, very strong physical girl, and uh, Campbell ended up. I think she headlocked her for a pin uh, in a tight match. But yeah, it really says a lot about Martinez when when she can pin Michaela Campbell while she's up by eleven points. <laughs> right. I no. mean, there's there's not many people that are going to be able to do that. No, I mean there really isn't. And I tell you that match that you were just referencing between. Um... With 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 Campbell and the uh, I think the quarters, um, it was such a memorable moment. I mean, she was down seven to four late in the second period of that match, and they're on the edge of the mat, and she hits a headlock that I swear, if she would have hit that on me, I probably would not have a head right now, or at least my neck would be broken. But she hit a headlock to to go up eight to seven and ultimately get the pin right there. So I mean, she battled her butt off, and and, and Campbell's no slouch herself. She, you know, like I said, three time age level world team member, four time Fargo placer. She was. Three two two one as a junior, um, she went fourth and one as a cadet, and, and you know she's got a promising future as a sophomore. Just again, I think a little bit outclassed there by Martinez. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree, um, and that that should be a, a fun, I guess you call it a rivalry going forward. Yeah, I think so too. Um, all right, so you know, rounding out your placers at 109 pounds, uh, Sierra McRae uh, finished third for Simon Frazier. Kateri Rao finished fourth for Grace Harbor College. Vanessa Ramirez took fifth for McKendry. Raven Gidry from Oklahoma City University was sixth. Maria Reyes from Big Bend Community College, again, their first All-American, was seventh. And then coming in eighth place um, from Lyon, they're only All-American this year. Um, Brianna, I can't say this, Rebukin Leong. I hope I said that right. If I didn't, I apologize. <clears throat> Doing the best I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's uh, that's about as close as I would get as well. <laughs> All right, um, 116 pounds. Again, we you know we we, we talked about Gracie Figueroa already. Um, I would say she's probably, in my opinion. Um, and in the opinions of many that we spoke to at this tournament, probably the the biggest 
recruit uh, to come out of high school for women's college wrestling. Um, she ultimately battled um, another freshman. Um, they were both the one, you know, the, the top two seeds. Felicity Taylor from McKendry uh, and, and, and Figueroa won that match um, by a score of seven to nothing. I mean, she shut Felicity Taylor out, but Taylor. Taylor did a really good job and really battled her butt off in that match. It could have been a lot worse, but she, you know, she, 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 she held strong. She held position. She still battled. She just really couldn't, she really couldn't get through the defense and the length of Gracie Figueroa to actually put her in any danger of scoring points. Yeah. And that's one thing that we've seen about Taylor. She has uh, you know, really, really solid dump and she just could not get any of her offense going against uh, Figueroa, obviously, by the zero on the scoreboard. But uh, again, you know, talking about the second-place finisher, in, in any normal year, she would be one of the ones that we talk about as being one of the best freshmen in the country. But she just kind of has the unfortunate uh, distinction of being in the same weight class as Figueroa. But, uh, you know, they're going to be going forward. Uh, you know, hopefully we see them go at it for the next three years. Right. Hey, I got to ask you, Gracie Figueroa, is that the sister of Richie Figueroa? It is, yes. And, and what is he currently ranked in high school? Is he like the number one 113-pounder in the country, or is that is – that... uh, Right right now he's at 106, but he I believe he won the Ironman at 113 and dropped down to 106. Okay. So, so they, they have some good lightweights in that family. So you're telling me pretty good wrestlers, right? I would say so. <laughs> um, you know, Felicity Taylor again. Just to just to kind of add on a little bit about her, I, I don't believe she she started wrestling until she was about a freshman in high school. I think that's what I heard. Um, again, a four-time Fargo placer, 2018 junior champ. She took fifth at the junior Pan Ams in 2018. Um, really had a heck of a tournament going, pin, 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 and then winning in the semifinals, um, eight to three against her teammate. You know, it's always tough when you battle teammates uh, in, in a tournament setting. So. You know, hats off to those two. They both had great tournaments, and both are freshmen. So this could be a rivalry that we see for the next couple of years, depending on where these girls end up in weight. All right. Yeah, I certainly hope so. So rounding out your placers at this weight class, um, I'm going to say this wrong. Um, Jathila Isaac from Wayland Baptist University was third. Cassidy Jasperson from Oklahoma City um, was fourth. Teresa Rankin from McKendry was fifth. Yuri Yonika from Providence was sixth. Casey Bainan from Emmanuel was seventh. And Madison Angelito from, I believe, Cumberland's was eighth. So congrats to them all becoming All-Americans this year. Pretty good, pretty fun weight class to watch. Yeah, I enjoyed it. All right, 123 pounds. This was one of my favorites, and I'm not going to lie, I'm a little biased because I'm a huge Dominique Parrish fan. Um, when you watch Dominique Parrish wrestle, her wrestling is so clean and technically sound and fundamentally sound. She's really something to watch, and I don't think any other match really um, emphasized that more than her finals match, which happened to be against her teammate, Alex Hedrick, both from Simon Frazier, in a rematch of what was last year's finals at 123 pounds as well. Yeah, that was uh, pretty crazy that they meet in back-to-back -back years in the finals. Um, 
yeah, Parrish, we kind of had questions about coming into the tournament because we saw that she injury defaulted out of the Schultz. And, you know, we weren't sure the extent of uh, an injury for her. And she actually confirmed afterwards that, you know, it was something that was a problem and it kind of limited her offense. And I think that really says something about her that, you know, I know you were rattling off the stats for her. Um, Yeah, her point totals going into the finals are pretty astronomical. But, uh, you know, she she could get to her offense like she normally would. Yeah, you know, and and that's so funny, too, because her offense in the finals was stellar. And, And, you know, like you said, her stats going into the finals, she outscored her opponents 43 to 1 on her way to the finals and then in her match against Hedrick you know she she kicks the mat, match off with a beautiful right-handed knee pull to you know finishes it cleanly obviously gets the takedown there and then you know a minute or two later she you know she's back on their feet she hits a great single to the opposite side um from her first takedown she goes to an Iranian finish it was super crisp super clean and Alex Hed- Alex Hedrick is no slouch I mean for those of you that may you know that name may be familiar she is the one that had the special wrestle off with Helen Marulis at Final X for that spot on the world team this year um ultimately Marulis won that match but you know Hedrick is a competitor and her own right last year coming into this tournament unseated and unseated and out of nowhere in the eyes of many and making the finals you know falling to to to, to perish then as she did this year as well but I mean Dom Parrish let's talk about this senior you know she third place in 2016 runner-up in 2017 and then a champ the last two years she's been a two-time national team member on the senior level two-time u23 world team member um a 2019 runner-up at the Dave Schultz Memorial. I mean, she's she's a phenomenal wrestler. And go out, if you guys got access to flow, pull up this finals match, and you will see some great technique from Parrish. I really also like the way she works a two-on-run, a, a, that Russian two-on-one. She's, she's fun to watch. Yeah, she is. And, you know, coming into the tournament, um, I don't know if we'll talk about it later, or maybe it's another time, um, the Miranda medal discussion um, she was, you know, one of my favorites, uh, and, you know, nothing I saw, uh, changed my mind at all. You know, she's still, I think one of the favorites for, you know, best overall women's wrestler for, uh, 2018, 19. Um, and then to, I guess, do what I've done in the past couple of weight classes, talk about the runner up, you know, I think, you know, flash forward a couple of months to the beginning of the next season, you know, Hedrick's going to be one of the ones that we talk about that's, one of the favorites, one of the, you know, top all around women's wrestlers of the 2019, 20 season. Oh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, you bring up the Miranda medal. Um, last year was the inaugural year for the Miranda medal given out by the open mat. It was a very easy decision last year in the eyes of many of the voters, um, to give it to Kayla miracle, well-deserving four-time national champ. Um, and, and I'm telling you, you know, I had the, I guess I could call it the fortune. I might call it the misfortune because uh, I probably sounded like a bumbling idiot of um, being on the finals call with Nomad for the for this tournament. Um, and he put me on the spot and asked me, you know, who would my Miranda medal vote go to at the end of that tournament? And, it, you know, I, 
I said, you know, I got to go back and, and look at everything. But, you know, if you put a gun to my head right now, I'm, I'm voting Dominique Parrish. What she did at this tournament was outstanding. She's got an outstanding career. She had a great season. Um, she is as good as they come in women's college wrestling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't have said it much better than that. Um, all right, so your other placers at 123 pounds, Macy Higa from Eastern Oregon was third, Coral Sugiyama from Campbellsville fourth, becoming a four-time All-American for them. Diane Trader from Providence was fifth, Tiana Jackson from Menlo sixth, Cheyenne Sissenstein from King, Sierra Brown-Ton from Colorado Mesa. And Cheyenne Sissenstein, uh, this freshman from King, uh, might be one of the toughest, grittiest competitors in all of wrestling, any style. Um, she had a nasty, nasty ankle injury coming into this tournament. Uh, her foot looked like it, it just black, just black and blue. Um, could, could barely, you know, she couldn't even walk a week before the tournament, couldn't even walk until maybe a couple of days before the tournament. This is an injury that would have put 99% of athletes out of commission. Um, she decided to go out and wrestle, um, and not only did she did she go out and wrestle, but she also became an All-American as a freshman with that seventh-place finish. I believe that had she not had that injury, um, we would have seen her uh, competing with the likes of Hedrick and Parrish for a spot in the finals. Yeah, and they confirmed today that it was broken, and um, yeah, um, <laughs> it doesn't get much tougher than that, um, and I would say next year, you know, I could see her jumping over some of those uh, women that finished ahead of her on the medal podium, you know, just from what we saw throughout the regular season. Absolutely. Um, all right, so 130 pounds, uh, finals match between Abby Netty from Emmanuel College versus Brenda Reyna from McKendree. Another finals uh, where it was the number one versus the number two. Um, this was actually a rematch of last year's third place match at 123 pounds um, that Nettie won then. She also was victorious in this match. Um, Nettie ultimately was named the tournament's outstanding wrestler. Um, it, it was a... This was a you know a, a good match. I think Nettie did show that she was the better wrestler in this match. She obviously she you know she won via tech fall twelve to two. Um, Nettie was impressive. A sophomore out of Louisiana, you don't you don't you don't hear that a lot. You know these great wrestlers coming out of Louisiana, so that was nice to see. Yeah, um, that's I wish I had my records going back farther because obviously. Um, in the past five or six years, there's not been another national champion from Louisiana. Um, I'd like to, you know, find out <laughs> um, the extent of the history in Louisiana. But yeah, you talked about most outstanding wrestler. When I heard her name announced, I was kind of surprised at first because um, her name wasn't the first that came to mind for me. But then I went back and looked at the scores, looked at the opponents she wrestled, and you know, I, I was pretty okay with it because, uh, you know, she, she went through, uh, she didn't have any matches that went the distance. Um, she wrestled Lauren Mason, who was a returning all American and ended up in third as, uh, in the semifinals and, uh, dispatched to her with a tech fall and then had rain in the finals. Who's a junior world team member. And earlier this season, they wrestled, I think it was a seven, five decision in Nettie's favor. Correct. So she really, really opened it up to make it, make it a tech in the finals. So she was quite impressive. Yeah. I thought, you know, I thought that was very, very uh, impressive for her to, 
defeat Reyna like she did in this match when it was such a close match in January. Um, and, and Reyna herself, I mean, a sophomore, fourth last year, five-time Fargo placer, three times as a junior, two times as a cadet. You know, to make it to the finals, she, you know, her path to the finals, she went 11 to nothing tech fall, 11 to nothing tech fall. She went 6-1 to one over um, Allison Pettix from King, a, a, a very tough competitor in her own right. And then in the semifinals, maybe even the most impressive was she defeated 2017 national champ Andrew, Andrew Beth Rivera by a score of 10 to, or I'm sorry 11 to nothing so um Reyna had a very dominating a dominant dominating performance this weekend and Nettie just dispatched of her in the finals like it you know like it wasn't even difficult for her you know so I think that that outstanding wrestler for the tournament was pretty well deserved when you start to look into it a little further yeah absolutely absolutely and uh, uh that that Rivera Reina match. Yeah, I expected that to be uh, a tough, close match, and uh, Reina cruised through it. You know, she she, as the score would indicate, but you know sometimes that can be misleading. But it, it was every bit as lopsided as it looks on paper. Uh, you know, and I hate to, well, I don't hate to say this, but I mean, I was sitting right there up close and personal watching this match between her, Reina and Rivera. And, um, I might even use the phrase that Reina broke her a little bit in that match, uh, because, uh, either that or Rivera was dealing with a, with an injury. I don't know, but, um, Rivera definitely looked like she did not want to be on the mat anymore. Um, and I don't know if it was due to, uh, what Reyna was doing to her at the time, or maybe she was battling injury. I don't know. Either way, it was an impressive performance by Reyna, um, and, and hats off to her and Abby Nettie as well. Um, rounding out your placers at 130 pounds, Lauren Mason from Simon Fraser was third. Um, Andrew Beth Rivera uh, from Campbellsville finished fourth. Allison Pettix from King was fifth. Uh, Kara Romelke from, I believe, University of Jamestown was sixth. Um, Alyssa Asseville from King, seventh. And Amanda Alvarado from Wayland Baptist was eighth. So congrats to all of them. 136 pounds. Um, Nicole Joseph from King. Solon Piercy from Menlo. Uh, Piercy, three of the four Menlo finalists. Another one versus two match. Um, this match had a lot of intrigue. It really did to me. Um, I thought this was going to be um, a very close match. Um, I actually favored Nicole Joseph to win this match. This was actually a rematch of the quarterfinals in 2018 where Piercy was winning 4-1 to late. And I mean like late, like with <clears throat> you know less than a minute left. And Joseph hits a big move for four points to ultimately win 5-4. to um, There's no other way to say this. Piercy dominated her. She dominated her. She won the match 11 to one via tech fall in three minutes and 56 seconds. Um, this win actually sealed the team title for Menlo. So that's gotta be a good feeling for, for, for Piercy. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that was, I think it was one to one after the break and, uh, Piercy got in on, I, I believe it was a big double leg and there's a huge finish and she just has just a nasty leg lace and just, boom, 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 match over. Um, and that kind of thing happened in the semi as well with her against Kayla Morano, where she was actually down four to nothing and uh, got a couple points for caution, uh, ties it up at four, and then a couple leg laces, matches over. Um, so she, yeah, she's very dangerous, and that was uh, very cool seeing 
seeing the title clinch on uh, that set of moves. Yeah, you're not kidding about her leg lace. I remember, you know, that finals match against Joseph. She started to turn her with the lace, and I think there was one point, you know, at one point in time, Joseph was fighting with everything she had not to get turned, and it was a situation where it was like, look, you're either going to get turned or your back's going to be dislocated. So it's your call. What do you want to do? Um, ultimately, yeah. Piercy turned her and uh, won the match by tech fall. So uh, pretty, you know, uh, it was a pretty, pretty impressive showing. I mean, Piercy is a two-time WCWA All-American. She's finished fifth twice before this at 136 pounds. Um, you know, last year, Nicole Joseph finished fourth at 136 pounds. Both of these girls are juniors. Both of them should come back next year. So this may be um, a match that we get to see take place again next year, and I wouldn't be disappointed if it was. Yeah, let's do it again. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. All right, so your rest of your placers at this weight class, um, last year's runner-up at 143 pounds, Alexis Porter from McKendree finished third. Kayla Morano from Emmanuel College was fourth. Jenna Garcia from Simon Fraser was fifth. Bridget Duty from Cumberland's was sixth. Destiny Ling from Oklahoma City seventh. And Abnellis Yambo from Bruton Parker College coming in eighth to earn Bruton Parker their first All American in their program's existence. So hats off to all of those ladies. And what's her nickname? Oh, God. You're going to make me say this? <laughs> Taylor Miller coined the phrase. Yambo number five. And she said that to me, and I guess this just goes to show my age or something. I was like, she's not number five. She's not the fifth seed. And she was like, you idiot. It's after Mambo number five. Do you want to sing the song, Earl? Uh, no, I'd, probably, I'd, I'd rather not. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, I'm, I'm old enough to get that reference. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so, yeah. So uh, Taylor Miller coined the phrase Yambo number five. All right, so 143 pounds. We talked a lot about Jaden Laurent already. She faced off against Felicity Bryant from Emmanuel College in the finals. It was a one versus the three seed. Um, Laurent, the freshman, Felicity Bryant, the sophomore. This, again, this was a finals match that really surprised me because I saw how good Laurent was throughout this tournament. And she ultimately won this bout 12 to 1. But these two wrestled early in the season. And Laurent barely edged Bryant two to one at the Bearcat Open, so I thought this was going to be a close bat about a close bout, and it actually wasn't. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, it's it's pretty crazy that she was able to open it up like that with uh, that type of margin after you know what I don't know a month ago two to one, but uh, she she is uh, you know super talented and. Um, I, I can't wait to watch her, you know, mature and you know, get even better because I, I do feel like she has some some growing where she could improve, and that's just kind of a scary proposition for the rest of the 143 pounders. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you know a lot of times when watching her, you, you see the athleticism, you see the explosiveness, but. You can't help but to say to yourself, um, you know, she's still pretty raw. A lot of development that can still occur there. Um, so these coaches at Lakeland, hey, you know, they're going to have to do what they can to recruit more talent to come in so she has good workout partners. 
um, so that way she can continue to to develop and get better. Um, speaking of developing and getting better, Felicity Bryant, the sophomore, you know, last year at this tournament, she did not place. She didn't even place at this at this tournament, and she goes from a from a not placing in 2018 to just grinding her way to the finals. You know, she she opens up with a four to three win. She follows that up with a five to two win, and then in the semifinals, she actually wins six to six on criteria to make the finals. So that is signs of someone that made big jumps from their freshman to sophomore year. Yeah, that's pretty crazy that uh, you go from not placing at all to the finals. But, uh, yeah, she she really grinded through the tournament. And, uh, you know, I think both of us were kind of expecting a Ashlyn Ortega-Lauren final, and we are kind of anticipating that. But, uh, you know, Bryant really – you know, she knocked off some quality competitors and really definitely earned her spot in the finals. Oh, absolutely correct. Um, and for you know, you know, those of you guys that are listening to this podcast that are D1 fans, you know, Felicity Bryant, a lot like uh, Georgie D. Camillo from Virginia did a few years ago, never having All-American, suddenly makes the finals. So it happens, guys. Jumps happen. All right, uh, rounding out your placers at this weight class, um, Ashlyn Ortega, the super freshman from King, was third. Margaret Duma from Oklahoma City University was fourth. Sienna Ramirez from Southern Oregon was fifth. Um, Anna Luciano, another super freshman from King, was sixth. Sarah Brinkak from Simon Fraser was seventh. And Angela Peralta from Menlo was eighth. So congrats to all those women. All right, 155 pounds. This was actually a pretty exciting weight class, in my opinion. Um, and the finals bout was very exciting. Um, we had Alex Glade, the junior from McKendry, taking on Ayman Kazem from Menlo, who I believe is a junior as well. I'm sorry, she's a senior. Um, this was a good match, a good hard-fought match. But Glade ultimately came out on top 6-2. to two. She really made it difficult for her opponents to get through her defense and score on her this weekend. She's very impressive. Um, some of you may remember that earlier this year, um, she became uh, the first American female to medal at the U23 World Championships. When she did that, she brought home a bronze medal. Um, it just so happens that her college teammate also did the same thing. We'll talk about her in just a little bit as well. Um, at that tournament as well, and Corey Bullock. So congrats to Alex Glaude going from fifth place, I believe, two years ago at this tournament to national champ this year. Very impressive. Yeah, and her more than anyone else stood out to me, just her positioning, um, her, you know, she never got out of position. She always had her back to the center of the mat. Um, she had, She's much shorter than probably everyone she wrestles, especially, um, uh, was she, yeah, she had, uh, Olivia Fisk from Simon Fraser in the semis, I believe. And that was just a big contrast of, uh, body styles. Cause, uh, Fisk is, uh, Oh no, I'm sorry. She had Gladden. Yeah. Um, uh, so take that back. Anyhow, um, She's just much shorter than the rest of her competition, but she's very strong through the legs and hips, great defense, just you know, impossible to score on. So you know, she was one of the more impressive wrestlers this tournament, even though the scoreboard doesn't indicate that you know she's blowing everybody out and 
pecking and pinning everyone, you know, she's, she's not one that you can score on. You know, to, to, to really emphasize how, how tough her defense is and how good her positioning is, um, Glade did have Hannah Gladden from Emmanuel College um, in the semifinals. It was an amazing match. Lots of flurries, lots of action, constant movement. Hannah Gladden was just, was basically t- trying everything that she could to to secure a a tying takedown or a ultimately a a, a winning move as as time expired, but was not successful. Prior to that match, Hannah Gladden had scored 17 points, 10 points, 10 points before she met up with Glade. So she hit what 40? I'm sorry, 37 points before she met up with Glade, and Gladden could, could only score three points on her. So that just goes to show how good Glade's defense was. Chasm herself, you know, a three-time WCWA All-American at three. I'm sorry, a three-time WCWA All-American at 155 pounds. Um, you know, she she went fifth, fourth, and then was a runner-up. Um, this year, she earned her fourth All-American honor. Is that correct? Uh, I had her at three. No, you're right, three. Yeah, this she went fifth, fourth, and then this year she was a finalist. Last year, she was not able to compete at this tournament because of injury. Um, so she came back from last year from that injury, was able to make the finals and just came up short against Glade. So, you know, hats off to both of these girls. I thought it was a pretty exciting bout. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, that is a way to, you know, finish your career getting into the finals for the first time. It's, it's not what Chasm wanted, obviously, but, um, you know, her getting into the finals, uh, you know, she's a three seed overtook the two seed Fisk. So, you know, getting that team title is not possible without, you know, her getting to the finals. Correct. Um, all right, so your other placers at this weight class, Olivia Fisk from Simon Fraser, third, Hannah Gladden from Emmanuel College, fourth, Anna Naylor from Cumberland's, one of my favorites, fifth. Anna Naylor has a spectacular story. Um, last year she became an All-American for the first time as a junior after really uh, sitting out a season because – for long story short, her, her mother had a life-threatening condition, and Anna Naylor decided to donate, um, I believe it was part of her liver, to her mom. So her mom, basically to save her mom's life, um, Anna wasn't able to compete in wrestling for a season, came back last year, became an All-American, came back this year as a senior, got her second All-American honors. Uh, really one of my favorite stories, one of my favorite, you know, girls, to, you know, women to follow um, in women's college wrestling. So hats off to her. Sixth place, Jasmine Bailey from McKendree University. Seventh place, Joy Levendusky from McKendree University. And in eighth place, Miranda Velasquez from University of Jamestown. So congrats to all those women. Yeah, and just to kind of uh, illustrate a point we were talking about earlier, uh, you, you mentioned Anna Naylor. Um, if you go to uh, mattfocus.com, Jim Thrall, um, great photographer. He was there all weekend capturing the images of the tournament. Um, there's at least three or four pictures of Anna with just gigantic smile on her face. Um, you know, and, and it's at different different moments, different parts of the tournament. Um, but she she just had a big smile on her face the whole tournament. And, uh, you know, she looked like she was having fun. And, uh, you know, you told me the story about her. So she was one that I, I really enjoyed watching. Yeah, it's, it's it really is a great story. Kind of tugs at the old ticker strings a little bit. So, um, hey, who threw that sand? It's in my 
just kidding. Um, all right. So moving on to 170 pounds, this might have been the deepest weight class in the tournament. I believe there were six returning all Americans, including last year's champ and last year's runner up. Um, yet neither one of those women, uh, made it to the finals this year. Um, instead, we saw a bout between Kiera Gabaldon from Warner Pacific against Diamond Guilford from Missouri Baptist University. Um, a really, really impressive performance by Diamond Guilford, who ultimately defeated Gabaldon 10 to nothing uh, to, to become a champ. Such a great story. That it, it, her story taking this weight class, I thought it was it, it was really a remarkable performance. Yeah, and when we talk about most outstanding wrestlers, um, she may not come to mind, but she was one of only I think it was four women who went through all of their matches without going to the distance once. Um, and if watch her semifinal match, I was sitting about five feet away from her corner. And there was kind of like a, a scramble, a little flurry situation. And she just uh, pancaked her opponent straight to her back for the fall. And it was just one of those real quick calls by the ref. And it's just shocked her where she was sitting there on her knees, looking at her coach saying, what happened? What happened? I saw that. <laughs> like, and she, you know, she didn't, she didn't even realize really that she got the pin and, you know, made it to the finals, but you know, she was very impressive all tournament. Um, I know something that uh, you and Ben normally look for uh, when, when you're analyzing tournaments, you had Mariah Harris was the only girl um, at any weight or any woman in, at the uh, entire tournament, any weight class that lost in the first round and bounced back to get third place. We like to call that Road Warrior of the Week. So Mariah Harris right. from Campbellsville, who was actually last year's runner-up, losing first round, coming all the way back for third. Um, you know, I happened to see that match uh, against Diamond Guilford and, and her opponent in the semis. Her opponent was Corey Bullock from McKendry. Corey Bullock happens to be the other woman who became uh, the first you know, of two women ever to bring home a medal from the U23 World Championships along with her teammate Alex Glaude. Um, and you're right, there was that scramble, the ref slapped the mat, and, and it was it was kind of funny because, you know, Guilford got up like, hey, what's going on, what I do, what happened? And then her coach is like, you won, you won, it was a pin. And she starts to, almost like she breaks out in tears. Um, really, really, really memorable moment. And I think... You know, I don't know if you saw the tweet that she put out today on Twitter. It was, it's really thought provoking for me. Um, she put out this tweet, and keep in mind, in 2018, she took fourth at this tournament at this weight class. So she was one of the six returning All Americans at this weight class. But again, this weight class had last year's champ, runner up, a U23 World Bronze medalist, and more. And she says, I didn't come here looking for a national championship, honestly. I just wanted to wrestle hard and see how I've improved. The championship just came from that process over outcome. And I really, really love that tweet because that's what you tell people as a coach. You know, I know you've coached Earl, I've coached wrestling, and you tell these kids, you know, don't focus on two and three matches ahead. 
Don't focus on things that are out of your control. Just take it one match at a time. Go out there and battle hard. Trust the process and improve and see where you're at. See how you've improved. And that's what she did. And I thought that was an amazing tweet. And it just goes to symbolize the type of performance that she had this weekend. Yeah, and, and she just has a, a personality. I did uh, interviews with all of the champions after their matches. It's up on the open mat. And she was one that was just fun to listen to her. She kind of expounded on that thought as well. And, you know, it's one where, you know, we're not necessarily cheering for anybody, but, you know, listening to her, hearing the joy in her voice, you know, it makes you glad that she came out on top. Oh, absolutely. And you talked about Anna Naylor earlier having a smile. My God, Diamond Guilford probably has one of the most infectious smiles you will ever find. Um, ear-to-ear grin uh, really lights up the room. You could really see that when she won. You know, when she won the title, she defeated Gabaldon ten to nothing. Uh, she just she hopped up, she ran over to her coach, jumped in his arms. It was such a memorable moment. Comes back, she's getting her hands raised, and she's got the biggest smile you're gonna find. Um, and so, hats off to her. Very, very impressive. She's only a sophomore. And she's going to be somebody that I'm really going to follow closely next year. I'm excited to watch her again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so uh, your placers rounding out at 170 pounds. Uh, Mariah Harris from Campbellsville is third. Precious Bell from Menlo is fourth. Brittany Marshall was fifth from Wayland Baptist University. At sixth place, it was Corey Bullock from McKendree. Stephanie Pantoja from Life University, the host school, was seventh. In eighth place, another freshman from King, Nia Crosdale. So congrats to all those women. All right, last weight class, man. Uh, This weight class, 191 pounds, got shaken up. I mean, it really did. That's the only way I can describe it. I don't know. How else would you describe it? Yeah, um, we didn't necessarily forecast it going the way that it did. Um, You know, we've been talking about the champion, and we will, um, no doubt. But Kaylee Siebel, the runner-up from the manual, she went through – she probably had one of the craziest uh, paths to the finals. Um, She – let me see. I have it here somewhere. Um, you know, she had three matches where she was losing and ended up pinning her opponents. The sixth seed, uh, Sarah Aguilar, the third seed, Brandy Lowe, and the second seed, Serena Waldring. Um, she was trailing at each match, and each match won by fall. And I'll, I'll admit, I was doing an interview and did not actually see most of her finals match, but it was about as loud as the crowd got all night because, and you know, she, she almost pulled off some magic in the finals as well. Oh yeah. You're not kidding. I mean, so uh, her, her, her finals opponent, uh, ultimately the champ was destiny Garrett from McKendree university. Um, uh, Garrick was the four seed. Kaylee Seabolt was unseeded, and you're absolutely right. Seabolt, basically, every match she wrestled up to the finals was losing, and every match up to the finals, she won by fall. I believe they were all by headlocks. Um, Not only, you mentioned the seeds, but she beat the number two, three, and fourth ranked wrestlers in the country, according to the final rankings that came out prior to this tournament. Um, just a freshman too. I mean, it was, it was astonishing because 
you know, in her semifinals match against the two seed, another freshman, Serena Waldring from Simon Fraser, who I've been talking about all year long. This freshman, Serena Waldring, is phenomenal. Um, and she was my favorite to win this weight. Waldring's coaches from Simon Fraser are saying, watch out, watch out, watch the headlock, watch the headlock. And what what does Seabolt do? Snaps her into an underhook, locks up the headlock, uh, you know, uh, steps through with her hips and puts Waldring flat on her back. Waldring could not get out of it. Ultimately, Seabolt moves on to the finals. Um, And I think the crowd noise that you heard while you were doing the interview was Garrick was up nine to nothing on Seabolt and Seabolt started to mount a comeback. Ultimately Garrick won 10 to five, but two years ago in the finals, Paige Baines, who was the champ last year and the number one seed this year, two years ago, she was winning in the finals nine to nothing and got put to her back and pinned. And I think everyone was thinking, are we going to see this again two years later in the same weight class? You know, ultimately we didn't, but it was still a pretty gutsy performance by both, by both competitors. Yeah, and, and hats off to Garrick. You know, she's a senior, so she capped off her career with a win in the finals, and you know, now is uh, along with Glade, the first national champions for McKendry. Um, she had mentioned in her post-match interview with me that uh, you know she had a lot of adversity. Um, she didn't say exactly when but her mother had passed at some point and that was something that obviously was you know, very difficult where she's, you know, struggled with emotionally. So, um, you know, it's good to see her, uh, you know, you don't want anybody to have adversity, but it's good to see her, you know, fight through it and, you know, honor her mother by, you know, winning and finish her career with a national title. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I think uh, Destiny is from Brooklyn, New York, if I'm not mistaken. Um, In 2018 at this tournament, she took fifth place um, and then ultimately comes out as a national champion this year. On her way to the finals, she won via pin, pin, 15-5 tech fall, 12-3 tech fall. I'm sorry, 12-3, and then in the finals, 10-5 over Seabolt. So hats off to her, especially in a weight class that – you know, the returning national champ was coming back in Paige Baines. You have the freshman phenom from Simon Fraser, Serena Waldring. Um, another freshman uh, who is outstanding from Oklahoma City, Chichi Nwanko. I hope I said that right. So for Garrick to come out on top, it really it really says a lot about her performance. And, I, you know, you just I, you really just can't say enough about it. Um, so rounding out the placers at 191 pounds, Serena Waldring from Simon Fraser battled back for third place. Uh, and fourth place was Chi-Chi Nwanko from Oklahoma City University. Fifth place was Agatha Andrews from University of Jamestown. Sixth place was Jesse Kirby from Cumberlands. And seventh place, it was Alexandra Castillo, Castillo, I believe, from Campbellsville. And then in eighth place, Sarah Aguilar, Another Menlo All-American. So hats off to all you women out there um, that earned All-American finishes, all the national champs, incredible performances by all. A really, really amazing tournament. Yeah, and and, uh, just tailing off that with the 191-pounders from two through seven, all those place winners were freshmen. What? Pretty great. That is right. And... I have to give a shout out to Jesse Kirby. Uh, she is from 
Virginia, and she is the first All-American from Virginia since 2014. So you know that I had to you Homer. throw in I had to throw that in. I know you did. But don't. again, there there hasn't been an All-American since 2014, so I'm going to mention that. All right. No, we'll allow it. I think it's worth mentioning. Um, so there you have it, man. Uh, uh, again, just such a phenomenal tournament. Um, I, I enjoyed every bit of, of it. Uh, I want to say congrats again to all the women out there that competed this weekend. Um, the the level of wrestling that I saw this weekend was top-notch, even better than last year's. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I know you did, Earl. Um, again, like you said, this is a tournament that I have circled on my calendar every year. You have to go to it. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm already looking forward to next year. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of these women at the U.S. Open and you know different world team trials uh, over the spring and summer. As am I. All right, my man, you got any final thoughts on this tournament? No, I, I again, I, I sent you a text this morning. I think it was, maybe it was last night. I can't. It's all running together. But you know, I'm glad you urged me to come out. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. It was a, a high quality wrestling, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. As did I. Hey, listen, if any uh, women's college wrestling coaches are listening to this podcast episode, um, Earl and myself, we are trying to increase the coverage of women's college wrestling on theopenmat.com. Um, so if you have any thoughts, ideas, recommendations of things that you would like to see, um, I take all suggestions. Feel free to hit us up. You can hit Earl up at esmith at theopenmat.com. You can hit myself up at b. Olinger, O-L-I-N-G-E-R, at theopenmat.com. Send us some recommendations. We'll try to see what we can do for you. We, we definitely want to provide more coverage to what you and your women are doing um, every season. So, again, this has been a recap of the 2019 WCWA National Championships. It was an amazing tournament. I loved it. As always, don't wind up on your back, bro.